Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Topping the news today, dollar cotton is here. Yes, we finally saw the cotton market top $1 a pound this week. We check in with market analyst O.A. Cleveland to find out what is behind this big jump in cotton prices. We'll have that story to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we move beyond a dry September in the Texas High Plains, what are the chances of a rainy October? I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, I'll talk about what the forecasters have to say. San Antonio Congressman on the House Appropriations Committee fights against increased taxes. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan from Marshall. We're going to be talking about marketing of our calves off of cows in East Texas. It's very important for us this time of the year to know what the outlook is. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We saw cotton top a dollar this week for the first time in 10 years. So what's moving cotton prices this high? Market analyst O.A. Cleveland says it's a combination of several factors, such as tight world stocks, a late U.S. crop, and very strong demand. We're seeing exceptionally strong demand for yarn. Uh, We're getting a uh, demand for a new uh, situation, COVID. We're having demand from the medical industry for cotton, cotton goods, cotton clothing in the medical industry now is turning over uh, consistently as well as medical supplies. So a new demand base coupled with denim is just uh, booming. Apparel industry is going great. The largest apparel retailers now are Walmart and Amazon. And uh, it's, it's just an outstanding market for us. It is taking prices higher. Cleveland says this strong demand for cotton should continue for the next two to three years. Rain is in the forecast for much of Texas this week, and it is desperately needed in many areas as drought has been creeping back into our state. After weeks of improvement in the state's drought condition, we are once again seeing expansion and intensification of drought in Texas. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 6% of the state is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. It's mostly in the panhandle, west, and northwest parts of the state. The area of the state impacted by drought is up three percentage points from last week. 
For the first time in 10 weeks, we are seeing some pockets of severe drought. It's in Carson and Collingsworth counties. And it looks like we'll continue to see the state getting drier. The National Weather Service forecasts drought development across all but the eastern edge of Texas by the end of December. La Nina weather conditions are expected to return, bringing warmer and drier than normal conditions back to Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service in Texas has announced the first funding application deadline of October 29th for the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, or EQIP. A second funding application deadline will be February 11th of 2022. Applications are taken year-round for NRCS programs, but deadlines are announced to rank and fund eligible conservation projects. Again, this first funding application deadline is October 29th. If you're interested in signing up for EQIP, check with your local USDA service center or submit an application online at farmers.gov. September was a very dry month on the Texas High Plains, so what are the chances of some rain in October? James Hunt takes a look from Amarillo. If you're a farmer hoping to get some rain to help get a wheat crop started or to just build up your soil moisture profile, October can be a critical month. It's the last month that we really average a decent amount of rain. That's Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service office in Amarillo. Gittinger says if you go by our historic norms, we're heading into a stretch where the numbers will become on the small side when we measure inches of precipitation on a month-by-month basis. Most of our rain comes in the summer here, and we start to really dry out in September. In October, we average about 1.75, and then after that, your average rainfall drops well below an inch for the rest of the winter until we get into next spring. So I think that's probably why October can be important. But here's something to note. The National Weather Service's Climate Prediction Center has calculated that for the month as a whole, we're in a region where below normal rainfall is the most likely scenario. They always look at things as far as most likely outcome and probabilities, and so we've got like a 40 to 50 percent chance of being below normal. That area kind of extends across the desert southwest and west Texas and into western Oklahoma, southwest Kansas. So that could mean that whatever rain you've gotten over the past couple days or might be getting in the next few days will have to hold you for a while. Looking at the situation in the months ahead, Gittinger says it appears that we are currently in the midst of a developing La Nina, which is often associated with drought in our area. But because this looks to be only a weak La Nina, Gittinger says our chances of above normal or below normal precipitation through the winter are probably right about equal. Tomorrow, we'll talk temperatures. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Congressional Democrats continue to push their $3.5 trillion spending plan through Congress, while also looking for tax increases to pay for it. Tom Nicoletti talks with a Texas congressman who's pushing back against those tax increases. My guest today is San Antonio Congressman Tony Gonzalez. Addressing uh, many of these uh, tax increases and uh, burdens on Americans uh, was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. 
that uh, is a Congressional Revenue Act uh, that was signed into law by President Trump and amended the Internal Revenue Code of 1986. How does that act help you on Capitol Hill in uh, trying to uh, alleviate the problem of higher taxes? Yeah, tax cuts work. And that was a very special piece of legislation that I think many, many people were able to benefit from that, especially those in, in rural communities. And uh, we have to ensure those tax breaks stay. They don't get removed. But part of it is helping urban America understand how rural America lives and how it's impacted. Part of my job is to making sure is to bring urban and rural America together, not divide us. And these tax increases would only create a further divide. I'm blessed to be on the Appropriations Committee, but I'm also blessed to be on the WHIP team. And one of the roles of being on the WHIP team is to encourage other Republicans to push back against some of the the dangerous uh, tax increases. So I would do that. I also look for every opportunity to work with others on the other side of the aisle to show them exactly how this would impact us. And then the other thing is is to highlight some of the topics we aren't talking about that are so critical to the ag industry, like predator control, whether that be uh, eradicating wild hogs or protecting your property against predators like coyotes and others. These are some examples that maybe won't always make the front page of the paper, but are so critical to the ag community in general. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fall is here and calves are headed to market in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, the major portion of our producers produce uh, from the cow-calf perspective, weaned calves. This time of the year, for whatever the reason, in the past always was the time that a high percentage of our calves were marketed. Always the the supply-demand, how it affects our market, And that's always been the case, always will be. So this year we're looking at what's happening out west uh, to see exactly where we think our calf prices are going to be. Of course, you know through the summer it's always been it's up and down, up and down. But we're looking for an opportunity right here for our cattlemen with the depletion of numbers in the uh, Kansas, Nebraska, and Colorado area out there. We've had several trips out west this summer. And the grass just looks great and no cattle on it. Where are those cattle going to come from? We think they're going to come from East Texas and places on further east of us. But basically right here, we're looking to see if this won't give us an opportunity to see that market move up just a little bit. We're going to hold our calves in there tight. When that market first starts jumping, they'll start selling. So we're looking at that real strong. Another thing that we're doing also we're, we're beginning to see pasture ground plowed up to plant for winter pastures this year, and it is that time of the year to be getting that wheat in that we're going to be getting grazing off of in February, March, and April to move those cattle up to a little bit heavier weight that will be marketed at that time. Calving, our fall calving, it's already underway, and many of our producers have moved from that fall calving session to later winter and early spring calving, so we don't have near as many of those as we have in the past. But we're looking for a good, strong market, and it will be a welcome sight to producers in East Texas. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. The archery-only hunting seasons for white-tailed deer, mule deer, and wild turkeys open this weekend. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the old adage that you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink is true. 
Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, you've heard the old adage that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd says that's actually true, but there are some things you can do to help with water consumption. Getting horses to drink water is critical for their health. Horses can lose up to two and a half gallons of sweat per hour during intense exercise. Because the major stimulus for thirst is an increase in serum sodium concentration, horses that drink water without electrolytes do not have that stimulus to drink. Some riders supplement their horses with electrolyte paste before, during, and after competition to stimulate them to drink. The amount of sodium in the electrolyte formulas is the key to stimulating thirst. One study looked at a group of horses in an endurance ride supplemented with an electrolyte slurry consisting of a 2-to-1 mix of sodium and potassium chloride. Horses supplemented with the electrolyte lost less weight during the endurance ride, and the electrolyte supplemented horses drank twice as much as the horses without supplemented electrolytes. Another study showed that in dehydrated horses, body weight recovered sooner and the horses drank more water if they were given electrolytes. Unfortunately, the commercial electrolyte paste products available only contain about 10 grams total per tube, and we need to give 15 to 20 times that amount to be effective in some horses. So unless you are going to give 15 to 20 tubes of electrolytes, which is very expensive, you are likely better off mixing 250 grams of table salt and no salt in a 60cc syringe and giving it as a slurry. This would be about 8 tablespoons of table salt and 4 tablespoons of light salt before, during, and after exercise. Check with your veterinarian about supplementing performance horses with electrolytes, especially this time of year. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Bow season for whitetails, mule deer, and wild turkeys opens this weekend. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. The archery-only hunting season for white-tailed deer and mule deer opens on Saturday. And if you plan on trying your luck with a bow this weekend, you might want to take a look at this year's outdoor annual first. This year, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department added new chronic wasting disease containment and surveillance zones in Hunt County and in South Central Texas after captive white-tailed deer tested positive for CWD. Alan Kane. TPWD's Whitetail Deer Program leader joins us with more. We also have a new zone in Lubbock. We found a free-ranging mule deer earlier this spring that was positive for CWD, and so a zone's been created up there. And then we also actually expanded the zone in south-central Texas, so that zone that's been in place since 2016 in Medina County 
it's expanded westward into Uvalde County a little bit more because there's a couple other positive captive facilities over there. And so we extended that zone to assess whether that disease is extended out into that free-ranging population. There are also CWD zones in Kimball County, in the Trans-Pecos, in the Panhandle, and in Valverde County. Hunters can go to our website or on the Outdoor Annual mobile app. There'll be a link on there for chronic wasting disease. You can click on that and find out any information you need to know about the different CBD zones around the state and the requirements for mandatory sampling of hunter-harvested deer in those zones or carcass movement restrictions that are applicable to hunters in those zones. Again, only archery season for white-tailed deer and mule deer open this weekend. Those general seasons will open at a later date. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market continues to fall lower while the cotton market continues to climb higher. We'll take a look back at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whenever you're operating, secure your load, raise your equipment, and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look. Listen. Live. For more info, go to OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We've seen the same story in the markets all week long as cattle prices just continue to drop lower. It seems like that bearish cattle on feed report that came out on Friday just continuing to weigh on this market. We finished lower in both live and feeder cattle on Thursday. October live cattle down $1.20, $120.57. The December down $1.32 at $125.72. February live cattle down $1.17, $130.65. Feeder cattle lower nearby September down 35 at 153.92 the october down 207 152.55 november feeder cattle down 237 at 152.90 cash fed cattle trade mostly steady this week 2316 head of cattle reported sold in texas those cattle brought 123 to 124 up north all summer long we've seen northern feedlots enjoy a nice premium to what we've had here that premium seems to have now disappeared in the north this week, they sold fed cattle at 122 to 123 live, 196 dressed. Boxed beef was lower on Thursday. Choice down a dollar 296.11. Select down 47 at 271.31. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's your glass of iced tea while we talk to Seth Crane from Union Commission Hondo Live. Talk about his sale he had on Monday. Seth, tell us about it. Good run, Larry. 462 head of cattle, uh, 48 head of sheep and goat. Nothing wrong with the sheep and goat market still. As far as uh, cows this week, uh, about the same money as last week. Uh, 
78 cents on a very top cow, uh, down to 18 on some of those lower yielding type cows. You know, uh, some of those cows will be pretty weak all of a sudden and, and, and just not bringing a whole lot. Bulls from 61 to 98 cents, I mean, on a really top bull. Uh, most of the bulls wouldn't have been worth, but, you know, 80 up, 88 up to 92 or so. One pair to 1110 and on a bread cows from 400 to 970. Uh, get from the northern market, uh, you have to call it cheaper again. Uh, you know, I'm sure taking some more money off these cattle uh, could have been, you know, four to six cheaper on some of the bigger cattle and, uh, you know, eight to ten, maybe 12 in some places on some of those light calves. Uh, the number one end of the cattle, you know, uh, is is reflected in this market report. Some of those planter cattle could have been a lot cheaper yet. Two to three weight steers, dollar forty five to one sixty five. Two to three weight heifers, one twenty five to one forty. Three to four weight steers, dollar forty to one fifty nine. Three to four weight heifers, one twenty five to one forty one. Four to five weight steers, dollar twenty five up to one. Dollar thirty five up to one fifty four. Four to five weight heifers, one twenty to one thirty two. Five to six weight steers, dollar and a quarter up to one forty one. Five to six weight heifers, one fifteen to one thirty one. Six to seven weight steers, dollar fifteen to one twenty seven. Six to seven weight heifers, dollar five to one nineteen. Seven to eight weight steers and bull yearlings, ninety five to a dollar twenty three. And your seven to eight weight heifers, eighty eight cents up to a dollar two. Looking forward to next week. I uh, hope we get a little rain now this deal and uh, get some moisture around. And I'd like to remind everybody about that next special stocker feeder sale we have coming up on October the 11th. Quite a few uh, consignments of cash for that sale already. Uh, so uh, good time to, to have your cattle at a, a quality gift sale. In the meantime, holler at us right there at the office, 830-741-8061. You can uh, look us up there on Facebook or hondalivestock.com. Thank you, Seth, and thank you, my Texas neighbor, for having a glass of iced tea here at Granny Marble's Kitchen Table and Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Now let's look back over at the futures market where lean hogs closed strongly higher again. October hogs up 80 cents, 91.60. The December contract up $1.80 at 85.40. Class 3 milk taking a nice jump. October milk up 25 cents, 18.12 a hundredweight. November milk up 36 cents at 18.24. Massive jump in the cotton market once again. We kicked off today's show talking about the jump in cotton prices above a dollar. Well, we are way above a dollar now. We're at a dollar five on the December contract. We jumped 386 points on Thursday to close the December at 105.80. March cotton up 314 to finish at 103.88. The corn market mostly lower. December corn down two and a quarter, 536 and three quarters. March corn down two and a half, 544 and a half. USDA's latest wheat stocks report helped to boost the wheat market on Thursday. Stocks coming in lower than expected at 1.78 billion bushels. That helped to cause double-digit gains in both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat up 18 and a half, 7.29 a bushel. July Chicago wheat up 12 and a quarter, 7.21 and a half. In the energy markets, November natural gas up 35 cents at 5.82. November crude oil up 18, 75.01 a barrel. The financial markets mix with the Dow down 324 points. 34,066. The NASDAQ up 36, 14,549. The S&P down 20 at 4,339. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today, 
is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.